Well, I think we may still have some folks in town for Thanksgiving before we head back. It's wonderful to welcome you to Sacred Heart. I'm particularly grateful to welcome three of our seminarians who are in town, Michael Herman and John Harrison, who are going to be heading back to St. Joseph's College Seminary in Mount Holly, North Carolina, later today, and our own Deacon Matthew Harrison, who's going to be heading up to Cincinnati to the Athenaeum uh, to kind of conclude his second-to-last semester before coming back to the Diocese of Charlotte to be ordained a priest in June. And Deacon, soon to be Father Harrison, will celebrate his first Mass here on, is it June 17th, or is that the day of the ordination? 16th, 16th, right here, first Mass. It'll be amazing. You heard it here first. It's going to be amazing. So get ready for that. It's going to be awesome. And I'll tell you, just I'm, I'm grateful that we have our seminarians. Of course, our own Luke, who doesn't get to go anywhere. He's stuck with me. But, you know, that we have them here, because I'll tell you, just in looking at these readings, I've been reflecting on the fact that there's so many things that I love about being a priest. But one of the things that I really don't like at all, that I dread, in fact, is when I have to step in as a disciplinarian. Having a school, every once in a while, it's one of those things that the principal is out of town or out of the office or something like that, or it's like a special occasion or just something I fear the words, Father, we need you to come in here for a second and talk to so-and-so. It's like, I, I don't like that at all. And there have been two times in my priesthood that come to mind and think about that, that go in some very different ways when I've kind of had to be Father Disciplinarian. One was when I was first ordained a priest. So I was in my first assignment at Our Lady of Grace in Greensboro, and I got to be one of the chaperones on the eighth grade class trip to Washington, D.C. I love going to D.C. I was excited. And our first stop was at the Kennedy uh, Center for the Performing Arts. Looking forward to this. And we go in and we get assigned this, this lovely lady as our tour guide. I would peg her probably in like her mid-70s. She was like your stereotypical grandma. And if you're in, in your mid-70s, don't be offended. You're more likely than not a grandma, right? So it's okay. Like she was wonderful and sweet and excited to tell us all about the Center for the Performing Arts. And our eighth grade boys were awful like absolutely terrible. It's like, have you ever been outside of your home? Like it was just embarrassingly bad. And I don't know if it was one of those things like I just really hated it because this woman was so sweet and like doing her best and these boys weren't paying attention. They're pushing each other. They're jumping on things. They're talking all the time. It was nuts. And I just, it, it was making me so mad. And several times like, guys, knock it off. Fellas, come on. And I even like pulled a couple in the side once. It was just like, guys, you've got to be respectful. Come on. And like really trying to do this. And they just remained awful like the whole time. And so we go to our next stop, you know, later on in the day. And I guess I was just like wearing it on my face that I am not a happy camper. And apparently like one of them went up to the teacher, one of the other teachers like, what's wrong with Father John? She's like, he's mad at you. And so I was just, I was ready to put him on a train and send him back to North Carolina. You can't do that, but I was ready. Now, another time I had to step in was actually here at Sacred Heart a while back. It was on a day that Carson High School sent their whole like performing arts team here to Sacred Heart for this big demonstration, and it was phenomenal. Like they had the marching band come in. Our walls over in the school and the offices are not exactly thick anyway, but they were like moving back and forth with the sound of the marching band. And so, you know, like you got all these musicians playing and the dancers dancing and then the actors acting and our whole school is in there and the kids loved it. It was amazing. And then afterwards, you know, the marching band marches out, the Carson students leave. All but one class leaves the gym, but one of the lower elementary classes stayed in there 
because they had PE. And what happens? Well, the boys immediately start tossing around a football that happened to be there. And they're playing with it, and as normally happens when boys are playing football, the football ended up like flying across the gym and lands at the foot of one of our younger uh, female teachers. And one of the boys goes, hey, can you toss it back to us? And she picked it up, and apparently, I wasn't there to see it, I guess she's not much the athlete, and she kind of tossed it, and it didn't totally make it there. And the boy goes, you're terrible. So she comes to the office. I happened to be there. The principal was at a meeting off-site. It was the secretary, myself, and their homeroom teacher. The younger teacher comes in and recounts the story, and the homeroom teacher just in exasperation is like, oh, what am I going to do with these boys? Father, will you go talk to him? Yes. You know, so I go down... I go into the gym, they're in the middle of something, I'm like, hey, buddy, can, can you come here for a second? We sit down on the bleachers, I'm like, buddy, what did you say to Mrs. So-and-so? And immediately, tears, like he was crying, like, I'm so sorry, father. I said, buddy, you can't say stuff like that to people, especially not to girls, and especially not to adult girls, right? Like, you don't want to do that, all right? Like, come on, I know what I'm saying. Like, okay, so make sure you tell you're sorry to Mrs. So-and-so, tell the guys, like, okay, you can get into the game, but you know, don't be that guy. Don't, don't be yelling that kind of stuff. Okay. And it was funny. I went back and the secretary and the teacher were like, do we need to call his mom? I'm like, no, like I want to give him a present. You know, like I, it's one of those things like he totally like melted my heart. Right now, the reason I bring up both of those, and especially in relation to this gospel is this recognition that our Lord will come again. He will come to judge the living and the dead, as we're going to say in the creed in a few moments. We know this is coming, right? And every, every time we get this gospel, we get it every three years in year A at the end of the liturgical year. In fact, now I'm not so bold as to think you remember all of my homilies, but the last time this one came up, I gave the homily where I said, a sister that I know is very wise called this gospel the study guide for the ultimate final exam. If you had to take that exam today, would you pass? And then I just sat down. And I remember my brother and sister-in-law were in town from Iowa that weekend. And after Mass, my brother said, homily was still too long. So, I mean, I really appreciate that. I'm glad to know he's paying attention. But it is. Like, our Lord gives us the study guide, right? We know this is coming. We know we have a 100% mortality rate. We know that things won't last forever. He has told us, I am coming to judge the living and the dead. He gives us the study guide. We know what we got to do. And the other thing I would say, we know the one who is proctoring the exam, Christ the King himself. He is coming to be with us, with all of the angels in glory, and he's going to judge us on everything that we've done. Now the question is, do we want to be like a bunch of oblivious eighth grade boys who don't pay attention to the rules and tick off the one that's going to judge us, or do we want to be in a good relationship with him, literally melting his heart, right, to go to him with repentance to say, Lord, you have given me this particular time. You've given me my vocation, the people in my life, these opportunities. Help me to see where maybe I'm not living up to the mark. And even if, like that little guy in the bleachers, if it brings you to tears, so be it. Because ultimately, our Lord is going to melt a lot more than I do, right? He has five wounds on his resurrected body, which he got from coming to save you, in love with you, right? He wants you to inherit eternal life. He doesn't want you to be oblivious 
to all of these opportunities around you to live out the greatest commandments, loving him who loves you and loving your neighbor as yourself. So I would say get to know him better. Spend time with him, especially as we move into Advent, as we have perpetual adoration coming this Monday, right? All day long. To be with him and say to him, Lord, help me to see. Help me to see where maybe I'm not living up to the total amount on the study guide. And remember, all of these things here, it doesn't require going to a faraway place. We had the missionaries of the poor here last week. It was amazing. I love those guys. But you don't have to wait till you go to Jamaica to do charity work, right? All of these things, loving the people he's placed in your midst, it's possible right now. And when you spend time with him and ask him for the grace to see, where is it, Lord, that you're wanting me to do more, that you're wanting me to live this charity to the fullest? Because remember, he didn't make us merely not to lose, right? He didn't make us merely to avoid sin. Like I say, when I say to people, you know, go to confession regularly. Well, I haven't murdered anyone. Great. But we're called to so much more than being not murderers. He wants us to live out his love. He wants his love to come right out of us. We other Christ, baptized into his body, right? And he, the king, the good shepherd, wants to show us the way. My friends, spend time with him. Ask him to show you everything that's going on in your life, to understand where your conscience needs to be moved, to take this study guide for the ultimate final exam seriously. Get to know him better and better. Don't be like an oblivious eighth grade boy. Rather, stay with him often. Ask him to see what it is he wants you to see so that one day you may hear him say, come, inherit eternal life. Praise be Jesus Christ.